Hey, everybody. Welcome to another week of No One Told Me. My name is Callie, and every Monday, we love to gather together. Usually, it's not on Mondays. This could be any day that you're listening, but you'll get a new episode every Monday with the goal of making hindsight our priority. We love looking back at our past and helping those who maybe are a little bit behind us, maybe are going through some of the same things we've already been through. The goal is to make sure you know you're not alone and that someone has felt what you felt and has been where you are. Now, if you haven't heard, as if I haven't said it enough, we just moved. And within that whole process that I shared on at NOTM podcast Instagram page, I had a lot of you message and ask for an episode around buying, selling, and moving a house. I, listen, I was being very honest on there. So if you're not following NOTM podcast on Instagram, you're going to get a lot of background that, you know, there are times I probably shouldn't share it, but here we are doing it anyways. I honestly didn't think we would have so much to talk about on this episode. I was so wrong. This topic has so many ins and outs. And because I have a husband who's hyper aware of all details and researches the junk out of everything, well, he was the perfect guy to answer all the questions. I'm honestly just here for the killer commentary at this point. I just, I can't really bring anything else to the table, you know? So here is our conversation around the whole process of buying, selling, and moving a house. So I'm sitting in our brand new living room with my husband, Ryan. And from here, we can literally see our old house straight across the street. I don't think I ever realized how clear the view is of our old house from the front room of this new house. It might be a little echoey because we have a couch, a rug, a TV, and then everything else is just on the floor. Pretty much. Everywhere. That's pretty much it. I don't trust myself to hang stuff, so I just look at it for a while on the floor and decide, is it really worth keeping? Should we put anything on the walls? It'll go to the right place eventually. (laughs) Eventually. How long did it take us at our old house to hang stuff? We were there six years, so five-ish and a half. (laughs) You are so so full of it. It did not take that long, but it does take me a long time to commit. That's usually why I have to have someone else come and commit for me, and then I end up loving it. But we just finished the house selling and the house buying process. We literally just closed on the house, both houses, this past week. Uh, Moved in last weekend, did that whole chaotic with, with kids. I cannot tell you how much it changes things with two little kids trying to move. It, and yeah, it was just across the street, but it was some tricky business. It was tricky to say the least. Yeah, it was tough. <laughs> How many times over or under 20 times did we yell at oh, our children? Easily over. Maybe double that. <laughs> I, easily over. I hope they're not emotionally scarred from this process. I think I am, but I hope I don't. <laughs> we'll move on. Let's just hope they're okay. Yeah. <laughs> So um, within that process, you know, I I showed a lot of it on um, No One Told Me's Instagram and several of you reached out as in like, this is one of the biggest topics that no one really tells you about of your adult life. And that is buying a house, selling a house, moving, all of that. It's like you're just thrown in. I think you and I feel the same way the first time we ever did it. And even the second time we were like, what is happening? Because there are so many layers to it that we didn't fully understand. Yeah, I think when you think about being a grown-up adult, you think, well, I'm just going to live somewhere and it's just going to happen. Um, nobody ever tells you that. It's a quite a big process. Because honestly, there. I mean, we you're the same way. We're actually living in the house Ryan grew up in. So from what, like fifth grade, sixth yeah. grade on, yeah. you lived in this house that we currently moved into. Yep. So 
I think for most of us, once the house we're born into for the majority of people, I think it's the house you pretty much just grow up in. Right. I don't, I feel like not many of my friends have stories of moving unless they had like a parent with a specific job that required right. a lot of moving. Yeah. I think you either move a lot or you don't move at all. I think it's like one or the other. I think so. I think you're right. There's no gray area on this. So with that being said, I think that's why this is such a hard topic. Cause we don't even know what our parents had to do to buy right. or sell a house. We didn't really care. We just wanted somewhere to that's sleep right. and money to go buy things. That's right. Right. Yeah. That's all we were really Bottom concerned line. about. Poor parents. Now we're becoming parents and that's our future. But we want to talk about this whole process on here, just a quick, and I thought, gosh, who could I do this with? And let me tell you the truth about how this process worked for Ryan and I and why I thought it was so important for him to do this. If it had anything to do with the actual agreements, the contracts, the fees, any money, none of it, I could tell you nothing about it because the moment I see a number, it's like my brain goes blank. It like it cannot comprehend what a number is. And I just shut down. So Ryan handled that whole side of it. I mean, he, if he called me at all to like sign a contract, I'm like, why can't you just sign the contract? Why do I have to be involved in this? Well, Callie, because you are, you are one of the consenting adults in this. So I asked that question several times and yeah, about the same answer every, every single time. Well, why do I have to do it? Why can't you, I just was very concerned with how things were going to look, you know, like, do I like how it feels in this house? Right. Does it feel like it can be home? That, yeah. which sounds so goofy, but that was a big part of it. But let's, let's start with some of the basics and get that out of the way. And then we'll get into kind of like the tips and tricks that we have learned in this process, specifically this time around. Cause I think we're, we were a little bit wiser this time. We kind of I knew think so. yeah. more so what to expect. Yeah. I could not, I really wanted to be pregnant on this move. So I couldn't lift anything because the last move I was pregnant with Henley and you I didn't really really strategic that last time. <laughs> definitely. And I, I honestly did not have to contribute that much. And the moment I was asked to, I can't, sorry, I'm pregnant. Cannot, cannot do that. Sorry. I should have just said that to freak everybody out and then said false alarm. I'm not pregnant. Yeah. That wouldn't have been fun either. Hindsight. I'm sorry. I'll remember that for the next move when we'll be like 40 years old. <laughs> okay. So Ryan, for you, let's start with selling the house. What surprised you most about the selling process for this house in particular? Cause the market is very different than when we sold our first house, our first time around. I'm not kidding. It was like, I thought we were gonna have to give that house away for free. Yeah. It was the market was awful. I mean, we were, it was a tiny 800, 900 square foot house. Yeah, it was really small. Um, this time, I, I think it was different because we kind of knew we were going to sell our house just because of how the market was um, or is, I guess. Um, so I, I wasn't really stressed about people liking it in terms of they like it enough to where they're going to buy it. Honestly, I was really worried that people just were going to like our house. I mean, we had so many memories there. We loved that house so much. I kind of took it personally if somebody didn't like it, um, more so than I thought that I would. Um, and like I said, not even from a, I want to buy this perspective, but just from a personal, like, that's my house. You need to like it perspective. Why would you not like it? Exactly. It, to me, it was the perfect house. Yes. And that's, I mean, other than size, which is why we had to move. So right. we didn't have to, but it was preferable to move because at our original house, the bedrooms were really, really big. And the living space was really small. Those are not things you think about 
when you're looking initially at a house, right? right? right. Didn't even think about it. But yeah. we obviously, we don't live in our bedrooms. We live out in like the living room and the kitchen. And we just needed more space for when people come over, when family comes over, when people visit. So that was kind of the why we ended up moving, even though we loved this house yeah. and so the, much. That's a good point. I mean, that's easy to say when you're looking at a house. Oh my gosh, this master bedroom is enormous and that's so great. But we slept there and that was, that was literally it. it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we didn't yeah. spend any time in there otherwise, but should we make our confession about the showings? No, <laughs> maybe I guess now we'd have to. <laughs> so, um, Ryan's parents lived across the street from us. Our in-laws live by in-laws lived across the street from us, which was honestly, it wasn't a lot of people were like, that might not be great for you. It was not nearly as difficult as it probably could have been in some other people's lives. Right. But now that we see the clear view across, we now know I'm that they were just watching us the whole time. <laughs> because but, yeah. when the house was showing, we would just come over here, we'd bring the kids and we would just come over here. And I'm not kidding. We had solid showings for three days straight, yeah. two days straight. Yeah. It was almost every single hour there yeah. was a showing beginning at about 10 a.m. Yep. all the way through. Cause that's just what the market is right now. I mean, they, what did our realtor keep saying that there is a, uh, there's just not a lot of houses for sale. Yeah. And shortage like, of inventory and a lot of buyers. Of yeah. yeah. And so if you are even thinking about selling, and you have somewhere to go that you would love to be. Now's the time. Um, but so we would come over here to his parents' house and sit in this very spot that we are sitting right now, right in front of the front windows. And we would just watch people <laughs> go in our house. <laughs> that sounds now, so weird. In, in fairness, we only had popcorn like twice. <laughs> and also... We once, only sent our parents <laughs> our parents out one time to convince them to right. buy. That was it. That was it. Once they went inside, we couldn't see anything. We still stayed here, but we couldn't see anything. We went and we looked in the back windows. They no. couldn't see. <laughs> we did not. That's not true. But it was like, it made me think about that when you said I wanted people to like the house so yeah. much. Because if they like paused at one thing and like bent down to inspect anything outside. I'm like, why are they looking at that? It's great. Why would they, why would they question what that looks like? Right. I, how many times do we say, don't look at those gutters. Those are new gutters. You don't need to look at those. <laughs> those are brand new gutters. Why are you even getting up there? That's not anything to worry about. But that's the, what surprised me most about selling the house was the amount of showings. Um, for this time around for us. Cause the first time we even had an open house and the open house just consisted of our neighbors and our first house that we we're trying to sell. Literally it was just our neighbors coming to see what our house looked like. They had no right. interest in buying it. Yeah. It was so annoying, Yeah, but we knew we we're like, we know you, right. why are you here? <laughs> right. But it, the amount of people who are interested and even preparing the house for showings, I just, it was spotless. And then when you have kids, it's like I wanted to put a disclaimer on the door yeah. that was like several things to keep in mind as you look at this house. Right, right. There are two kids that are growing up in this house. So, yeah, it might look a little cluttered. There is, you know, like if there's something on the floor or if there's a marker on the wall, please just have some grace. Because I know when I looked at houses, I was really bad about if there was one thing that I didn't like. I was like, yeah, the whole house was ruined. I can't do it. I can't unsee that, you know? Right. But having that open mind when people were coming in and looking at our house, because we had worked so hard to prepare it for showing that it changed my perspective when I go and look at people's houses for buying. Or yeah, whatever. absolutely. I mean, we kind of, I guess for maybe a couple of years kind of casually looked at houses, meaning like we would go look if we found something we thought we might like, but weren't ready to buy that day. Um, and I don't know why I didn't remember this from the first time we sold, but 
we, you do put a lot of work into it. There's a lot of work that goes into getting a house ready to show. And I don't think I have ever really looked at a house and truly appreciated that and truly been mindful of all the work that they've put into it. Um, so that's one thing to keep in mind. If you are looking at houses, just be appreciative of, of how much work goes into getting the house ready. What did you think the process was going to look like versus what it was actually like for us this time around? I, I thought that it was going to be a really, really stressful process. Um, and it turned out that it was like a really, really stressful process. Um, but it was stressful in a different way. I guess I was stressed because I thought, you know, there's so much work that we have to do. There's so many things that I need to fix, you know, um, this piece of trim and the floorboard behind the washing machine is out of place and they're going to notice that and they're going to hate the house. When in reality, people come in, I think most people come in with a fairly open mind on things like that, more so than I think you expect them to. Um, But I think it was more stressful just because there's so much that goes into it, so much paperwork, so much planning, so much... um, just, just work really. Um, I I mean, you know, keeping the yard up and mowed, I I know that sounds like a small thing, but you know, when you mow once a week, but then you have showings all the time, first of all, where do you fit the mowing in? And then, you know, I mean, that's just an example. Yeah. We essentially just were not at the house the entire weekend. First weekend that it was on the market and that's all it took. We got an offer that first weekend, but we genuinely just weren't at home because we knew the moment we step in that house, it's, it's ruined. Right. Like we yeah. we had to start all over. Yes. With two littles. I mean, it takes very little time to destroy a space. Yeah. And so we just stayed out of the house for that reason, because we knew we just have to go over and go over and go over. But we also, uh, one thing <clears throat> I think to keep in mind is know the market. You know, we had somebody tell us, Hey, look, when you put this house on the market, just plan to be away for a couple of days. So knowing that going into it, it wasn't as much of a shock when it was like, Hey, you have 12 showings today and you're not going to be able to go home. We already knew that ahead of time. And, and we're fortunate to have, you know, family close, but even if you don't, you can plan for that and get a hotel room or something like that. Um, so, so knowing the market, I think is a really important thing. Just, you know, tempering your expectations either way. Mm. Well, and even with all the showings and, and everything else, it was exciting. It was so exciting. Um, and I think that's kind of, I thought the process was going to be long and drawn out, which the after, like after someone makes an offer and right. you accept it, it yeah. is pretty long because you have to pick a closing date, which is usually a month out because you have to do appraisals and you have to but do But I think that's also a big piece that no one tells you. And I think you forget about, I, you know, I kind of forgot about that whole process. I mean, you have all this showing, you know, time and you're kind of stressed about that because you want people to like your house and then you get this offer and it's really exciting and then you realize we still have a month to go and basically have to continue selling this house for a month Mm -hmm. right you have to continue selling it through the home inspection and that negotiation you have to continue continue selling it all the way up to the final walkthrough so um, that is a long drawn out process it's not just the potentially intense, you know, two or three days. Yeah. I would say for sure the timelines, um, what I thought they were going to be like and what they were actually like really threw me off because it was so fast to begin with. Right. 
and everything happened so quickly and it was sold. Like we had offers, we picked one and it was sold and then it was so slow and it was sign this, sign this, wait on this inspection. And at any point the deal could fall through. Like if there's an inspection and there's things on there that maybe the buyer wants you to fix and maybe you're like, ah, we're not going to spend the money to fix that because we don't think it's worth it. At any point that deal could fall through. And those are things I did not know. Like, I thought once you're locked in, you're locked in, but it's right. always, you know, the, the appraisal and the inspection are huge pieces of after accepting an offering where, like you said, you're still trying to sell the house. Yeah. And, those. and on the home inspection, um, one piece of advice that we got over and over, but it's so hard to take to heart is don't take things that they find from the home inspection personally. Um, you know, they found some things in our home inspection that, I mean, really, I got mad about just because it was I so... I wish you all could have seen him reading over there. Like, <laughs> was, for me, I just kind of skimmed it and was like, meh, because I didn't really understand any of it. Again, this is an example of Ryan having to take <laughs> care of the details of some of this stuff. But understanding, though, and, and like I said, easy to say, hard to do, understanding that the home inspector is paid to find stuff. So they will find something. Um, I remember on our first house when we sold it, um, the first inspector that came said, uh, commented in the inspection report that um, the breaker box was slightly difficult to open. And I remember just going off the handle because why would you even write why that would down? That, what does that have to do with buying this house? Exactly. That it was hard to open the breaker box. But but keeping the mindset and trying, I guess, to keep the mindset don't take it personally. They're not trying to attack you. They're just trying to do their job. Um, and they can't put nothing hard. on there. Exactly. They can't because then right. they're not doing their job. Right. But gosh, it'll still tick you the heck off. I'll yeah, tell you that right just, now. Just a little bit. Um, I know we said for the seller to keep in mind, like if you are going to buy and look at the house, something to keep in mind is the work that it went into getting this house ready. Was there anything else that you would encourage buyers to keep in mind on behalf of the seller? I think, I think providing constructive feedback and asking the realtor to share that. Um, that that's one thing this time it, it was a little bit different just because it was such a whirlwind. Um, we had like something like 20 or 25 showings in two days. We can't really get, you know, feedback from that. Even if we did, what are we going to do in two days? Um, but the first time it, it was, you know, the market was different. It was a more drawn out process. We always really wanted that feedback. Um, so that way we would know what well, to change. Yeah. Like if there was something small we could change, right. we would love to do that if it would help sell the house. Exactly. And so I think, I don't know how all realtors operate. Um, if you are working with a realtor, but I would encourage people to ask that they share that feedback. Cause I think it's really helpful on the seller side. Mm-hmm. That's what, even this time, like you said, we couldn't get all the feedback all the time, but it was, um, interesting what, the little feedback we did get. I always yeah. have been very interested to hear what they noticed that I maybe would have never noticed right? Yeah. about any given house. Yeah. I mean, we lived there six years. There's things that we just didn't notice because we saw it every day. And then there day. were things I thought they would for sure say something about. Yeah. Like we have a, the fence uh, that we had built, the, the door to one of the, the gate, I always call it a door. Yeah, I know you wanted so bad to correct me right there. Uh, yeah, I didn't, but you, I could see it in your eyes. <laughs> I could tell, but it's crooked. And I thought that's going to bother people that it's a little bit crooked and it is a little hard to open and close. Not one person mentioned that. No, but then someone yeah. mentioned the driveway, that there was a crack in the driveway. And I thought, what is, what is <laughs> happening? What is, right. Yeah. So yeah, just keep, uh, feedback is great, but make sure that it's uh, positive and helpful feedback. 
uh, that you can actually do something about. Like we can't lay a whole new driveway. We're not going to do that. So, but your realtor will help a lot with that stuff. That the value of a realtor, I cannot overemphasize the value of a realtor that you yes. love and trust. And if you need one, we know a couple that we're actually going to talk about here in a second. One of them was so great and answered a lot of questions for me that I could not answer. But your realtor is everything. I mean, they are going to tell you, they will guide you through this process, especially if it's your first time. They'll tell you the questions to ask. They'll tell you the things to care about and the things not to care about because you honestly have no idea what you're doing. Well, and I think one reason that realtors are so valuable um, that I don't think is talked about enough is if you go to sell a house on your own, who are you going to invite over to look and give feedback? You're going to invite your friends. They're not going to tell you anything bad. They're going to tell you, hey, ask $40,000 more than what you were going to ask. That's probably usually not the best idea. You need somebody that's more neutral and will shoot straight and tell you, look, here's what it is. This is what the market at this time will bring. Here are the things you need to fix. Otherwise, you're you're just relying on people that are going to tell you what you want to hear. Basically. Well, that that was what's great about Kara. She'd been to our house several times, but she came in the last time when we were for sure selling. And she was like, Hey, you need to paint over this. You need to fix this and this. And there were simple things that we could do quickly. And she said, when that's done, we'll open it for showings. But others had told us those weren't a big deal. So we're really glad that to have that person, you know, um, to be kind of that neutral influence. Okay. So we talked a lot about selling our house. Let's flip it and talk about buying the house because this, um, it was a simple transaction because obviously we were buying from your parents, but we still had to go through all right. the red tape. We still right. had to go through the whole process. Yeah. But in terms of this time around, what surprised you about buying the house? So, I mean, like most people, we got a mortgage. Um, and I, I don't know why I didn't remember this from the first time. You have to gather so much stinking paperwork to get to the mortgage company, you know, whatever company you're going through. This is why you're here. This is very and, valuable because <laughs> I didn't do any of this. And then... Not like just beyond that, all the touch points, uh, for example, you have to think about canceling your utilities, starting up new utilities, canceling your homeowner's insurance, starting a new homeowner's insurance. I mean, all of those things that just kind of, you kind of take it for granted because it just happens along the way. You have to change all that stuff over. Um, and so there's a lot of touch points along the way. And, and typically the, the mortgage company helps you and reminds you about some of those things, but some of it is, is kind of just on you. Um, I cannot tell you the importance of having a box with all your important paperwork in it. Just one place. Maybe yes. it's one of those like smaller, like totes, Tupperware thing. Just put all of your important paperwork in one thing. And it will make this whole process so much easier yeah. along the way. Start it. I'm not kidding. As soon as you get out of college, maybe while you're still in college, create just one place where every time there's an important document that you might need. Um, and Ryan can give us an example of some of these documents that just put them in a box because I don't know what they are. So what are some of the things that you had we had to have to be able to get pre-approved or whatever? Well, I mean, a lot of it was um, things outside of those, um, but we had to bring some of those. So for example, um, most people carry their license or something on them, but sometimes they, they required you to carry a second ID or like a passport or something like that. Um, and then, you know, things like pay stubs. I mean, if you're, you know, on a direct deposit, you don't ever think of your pay stub. Why would you need a pay stub? Um, so you need your pay stubs. You need tax returns for like the last two years. I didn't know where my tax returns were. Luckily, you can get them, you know, on the Internet and things like that. Um, so these are all documents that 
you typically don't think about, but you really need to have on hand. And then it's difficult because most of us don't have printers. Right. And so you're like, okay, yeah. it, can I send this as an electronic file or do I need to print it and have it yeah. in hand? Or And part of that will depend on, you know, what company you're going through. And luckily, uh, I guess luckily we have the pandemic and things have gotten better and, you know, they've not wanted to touch things as much. So, um, a lot of companies have gone more electronic, which is good, but, um, yeah, just all, all this paperwork that they expect you to gather. And then they email you the next day and say, Hey, how come you haven't gotten all this stuff? And it's just, it's a lot. It really is. That is one thing that we've had, we had to get better about is knowing where to find all this information in one place in our household, whether it is online or something that's printed with like, and I remember for Henley starting kindergarten, I needed her birth certificate and I was like, I don't even know where that is. (laughs) Yeah. It'll serve you well, whether you're buying a house or not, but at all point in time, every time there's a big transition in your life, chances are good. You need paperwork. So just put it all in one place. I'll say when we bought the first house, what I had no idea about. So, um, Ron and I were so, so blessed to go to school with no debt. So we didn't have any payments. I lived at home. And so I had no line of credit, really. I had a car that was given to me when I was 16. I lived at home. I was able to pay for everything without creating any sort of debt. And so we went to buy our first home and I was doing all of it because you were still in Memphis. Right. And I could not get approved for anything because I didn't have a line of credit which blew my mind. Yeah. And so I genuinely, this is when I wanted to ask Dave Ramsey, what are you supposed to do then? Because I had yeah. to go buy a car yeah. and create some line of credit. And I had to get my first credit card to create yeah. a line of credit so I could get approved to buy a house. Um, and so yeah. that is one huge thing for me that I had no idea I would need to be able to buy a house. To right. Be yeah. I definitely, definitely don't go into debt, but you definitely need to go into debt. I mean, there's really no way around it. That's what I will never understand. Maybe I need to listen to him more and ask him specifically. There's probably people listening that were like, no, here's what you could have done. But I had no idea because I literally, no one had ever told me anything to do with buying a house. So I just kind of went along with whatever uh, my dad told me to do at that point. Like you do when you're 22. (laughs) Right. Um, But I'd also say check multiple places for the, for rates for like your financing rate, right? Like yeah. this is where, again, it's a little over my head, but you checked multiple places to see oh, what yeah, the interest d- rate would be. Definitely. And we're really lucky because the interest rates are so good right now. Um, but definitely shop around and don't only pay attention to the interest rate. Also look at the fees. Um, and so the fees that they tack on can actually increase your, what's called APR, right? You're over the course of the payments, um, interest rate that factors in all these fees. Um, but you know, some, some places will have just a slightly lower interest rate, which sounds appealing, but then their fees are a lot higher. So, um, definitely compare the whole picture rather than just, you know, go for the lowest interest rate number. Here's something that I didn't understand that you've explained to me no less than five or six times. And I still don't fully understand it. Um, you said when it came to down payment on the house, you wanted to do a higher down payment because it would mean less money spent over the majority 30, 30 year mortgage, 15 year mortgage are usually your two options to get mortgage wise. Right. Will you explain that a little bit? Yeah. And so there's different types of loans and I don't understand all of them, but we, we did a conventional loan um, with a conventional loan. Typically you have to have 20% down. Um, and with that, if you don't have 20% down, that doesn't mean you can't get the loan. That means you pay something called mortgage insurance. Basically what mortgage insurance is, you're paying the mortgage company, whatever it is, the bank, um, 
to secure that mortgage. So basically you're just paying them out of pocket. A lot of times it's a certain percentage of the mortgage. So it could be, you know, 150 bucks say, but that's $150 a month that you're just paying them and you're never seeing a return on that. So, um, you know, putting that 20, if you can get to that 80% of the, the home value mark, you don't have to pay that amount. Um, and, and if you can't put 20% down, that goes away. Um, once you get to that 80% mark, so you can, you know, kind of, um, pay down faster if you want to or whatever, but, um, getting to that 80% mark is kind of the magic number. So when we were looking, you said, you know, we looked at multiple houses cause we knew, Hey, we're going to need more room as the kids are growing. Um, and so we looked at multiple houses and I think we both separately had deal breakers in our heads, but what we needed to do was say, here are the deal breakers for me. And we eventually got to that after we started looking at houses and right. whatever else we kind of figured out. But I would say, my best advice for anyone who is looking at houses or even before you even start, know what your deal breakers are before, like make sure your realtor knows what they are. Cause that yeah. can save the time of the seller, the, your time and your realtor's time. If you are like, I already know that this is a deal breaker for me before you even go out there. Um, so I would say settle on what you want, like know your location, know your, you know, like the size of house ish that you want mm-hmm. kind of what you want it to feel like, whatever, what were deal, your deal breakers when we were looking at houses? So it, it probably wasn't the things that you would think right off the bat. You know, I mean, you think, oh, you want a, a really nice looking house with nice curb appeal. And I think deal breakers change as you get older and wiser. I think so. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, certainly you want the best looking house that you can get or something that's appealing to you. But if it didn't look exactly that way, that wasn't a deal breaker to me. To me, um, it was more about the general flow uh, of the house. Um, you know, like things that you can't change, like a wall and things like that. Also updated bathrooms because we've updated our bathrooms before at our other houses. Um, and it's the worst. It is. I am not kidding. You will, Ryan, you made this point actually last night when we were talking about this, you said, I, we used to walk in in places and be like, Oh, we can just update that. Like that won't take that much yeah. money or time and we can figure out how to do this. You won't figure it out. Some will, I will say some will. you and I, it's, it's true. Are we are not DIY. People. Right. We're just not, we could at the end of the day, figure it out. I really don't want to. And I mean, if there's anything that will put a rage in me or put an argument between us, it is home improvement projects. That's so true. It is home improvement projects every time yeah. because I think there's one way to do it and you think there's one way to do it. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, my way is the easier way and yours is way more difficult. It's just the truth. <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> but you will look at a project and we made this mistake on our first house. Yep. We for sure did. We were like, oh, we can we can fix this stuff. And we went about doing it, and it wasn't a pretty picture. We had a 12-square-foot bathroom. That and is it, not an exaggeration. And One it, person could stand in there, and that was it. And it took six weeks to redo. <laughs> we didn't even change, like, the bathtub or anything. It Basically, we just put tile down. It took, like, it six weeks. It took that long. So I would say unless you are super handy, or yeah. let's say that you're a roommate or your spouse or your dad or someone in your life is super handy and enjoys it. Not just handy, but enjoys doing that kind of work in their downtown because you're only going to be able to do it on your weekends. Yeah. So do you want to spend your weekends doing that kind of stuff? Like 
think about these things as you're looking at a house. Cause there are some, we just truly, it took us after our first house to realize we're not home improvement people. We're not right. going to look at a space. And that's why we hired people to do a bunch of the stuff right. in our second house. Well, that's, that's another thing. Know the market. I mean, like right now, because of the way the market is, because of how many houses are being built, we couldn't find anybody to fix anything in this house if we wanted to. Um, and so if the market is good, chances are, those things that you think, oh, we'll just get somebody over here to do that. That's going to be a lot more difficult than if the market is down. It's never, it is never as easy as you think it's going to be. I cannot. Never as easy and twice as expensive. Always. Like we were, someone actually, I put on the no one told me Instagram that we were at Home Depot because we just bought a house. And I mean, you cannot go be at Home Depot the first weekend after buying a house without like you have to be. It's yeah. just a rule of thumb. You're yeah. going to be at Home Depot. We didn't buy anything. We just walked around. We just walked I around because we had to check it off our list. No, we bought yeah. way too many things that <laughs> are useful. But again, the expense of it. Yeah. Like, and someone yeah. messaged and said, "No one told me how much money I was going to spend as a homeowner after buying a house. Yes, even if you think everything's already ready." Yes. There's still several things you'll want to add. So like if you're a, a huge budgeter, put that in your budget. Yeah. I'll guarantee eventually kind of one of our goals is to build our own house. I guarantee we will spend a ton of money after building the house, moving into a brand new house that we have both designed. We'll still spend a ton of money. It's just, this, it is just going to happen. So, and honestly, Home Depot is better than Lowe's. I said it, it's out there and I mean it. I mean, I'm going to stand by that statement. Home Depot, reach out to me. I'll be an advertiser. (laughs) Uh, What's your best advice for someone who's looking to buy? Uh, For somebody who's looking to buy, look for something that fits. I know that sounds kind of silly, um, but I think a lot of times people just look for something that looks good. Um, Man, this is going to look good on my Instagram page. How you're going to use it. Yeah. Cause you're so, you use Instagram so much that you're very aware of that when you're looking at things. I I'm, yeah, I'm pretty good at Instagram, I guess. Um, both, both followers really like <laughs> my stuff. <laughs> but it truly is. I think that's such a good point. Does it fit your current lifestyle? And cause most people, my realtor friend that I was talking to when I asked her a bunch of questions, she said, Think about living in this house. Usually most people live in a house five to 10 years. I mean, that's just, you know, like the general rule of thumb is the only reason we moved from our first house is because this other one just popped up. Like it was just available. It wasn't on market. We found out about it. That's how that happened. But she said, most people will live in their homes five to 10 years before they move. So if you're, if you're in your early twenties, mid twenties, think forward five to 10 years and what you want your house to be capable of, like what you want to be able to do in your house in those five to 10 years, because it really does. I didn't think about that when we bought our first one, not even a little bit. And so when we bought this one, we did it knowing, Hey, we're probably gonna have kids here. We're probably going to start our family in this home. And then buying this one, we knew, Hey, our kids are going to grow up here for a little while. So is it going to be conducive to this Mm -hmm. stage of life that we're in and the future, not just the current, but the future stage of life. Yeah. That's a, that was a really, really big one. Um, moving, Let's move into moving. Move into moving. You see what I did there? Oh, that's that was just gold. Wasn't it gold? That was gold. Are you so thankful for me just every day? Always. <laughs> what are you most thankful for? Let's do this while you have a mic in your hand. What are we talking about moving? <laughs> <laughs> moving. I I guess we didn't have, really have anything when we moved the first time because we were still super newlyweds, super poor, had not bought like anything we had had been given to us. And so we did not have much to move because we just, we had not accumulated. My dad has like a six by 10 trailer and we filled it up once. 
that was pretty much it. And we were moved. That was it. Um, So this time around though, especially once you have kids, there's so much more stuff. So overall, what did you learn from this moving process? I, I, I mean, you just said it. Don't accumulate as much stuff. I, I can't tell you how many times we, we moved basically in, in two days, right? We moved the majority of our stuff in two days. And how many times in those two days did we look at each other and say, why do we have this? Where did this come from? Yeah. When did why? we even get this? Why is it even here? Who knew we even still had it? Right. Yeah. So I, I would just say, don't accumulate so much stuff. And if you do accumulate stuff and you're about to go put it into storage, really think to yourself, am I actually going to use this? Cause I I'm think we you, always had good intentions. We did. But if you ever think I might need this one day, you will never need it on any day. Get rid of yeah. it. I promise you. I am the queen. I I am borderline of a hoarder. Like, <laughs> I just want to keep things because I'm afraid I will one day need it. Yeah. You won't need it. Yeah. I promise. We had a little, not a little, but this random shed thing in the back of our old house. And we would put, and I would put everything out there when I was like cleaning or like decluttering the house. I would just put everything out there and I would think, oh, we might look for this and want it one day. Put it, just go put it straight in your car and take it to Goodwill. I am yeah. not kidding yeah create a pile and get rid of stuff the whole process because that is what a huge thing was for us and my process while we were moving if i looked at something and i had not seen it or done anything with it in a year it was gone if it if i had not seen it or done anything with it in six months to a year i didn't even have to think about it and and that's me being like i hold on to stuff but i just was so over it i was like what is all this crap that we have that we have just been, ta- it's just been taking up space. It's just going to make you mad later. That's all it's going to do. It's just going to follow you around. So don't let it follow you around. Just get rid of stuff. I promise yeah. you. The only thing that we kept, even things that we were looking at putting in the attic, I started using that mindset. Like, okay, if this is going in the attic, it better be like a personal, like memory and have some sort of value to us on like a very deep personal level. Otherwise it's not going up there just to get out of the way. Like, because here's the deal. I'm not going to go up in the attic more than once a year. No. And whatever I put up there, I'm going to have to get down yeah. eventually when we move again. Yeah. So it was just be picky with what you keep yes. and you will, you will be so happy that you did. Yeah. Even the kids toys. I mean, I was constantly, how many times did we constantly try to stick stuff, sneak stuff in the back of the car and <laughs> so, take it to Google. so many times we got caught twice. There were two yeah. times there was a giant pa- parrot. I'm not kidding. This parrot came up to my... It was a pirate parrot. I think it was a pirate parrot. Thank you for the specificity of you're, that. You're welcome. <laughs> And it came up to my hip and it was huge. It was round. It was one of those things you win at Dollywood and the kids all of a sudden just had to have it. Like they could not, they hadn't seen it in two years and they just had to have it. And I was like, if I had just gotten rid of this from the get go, but we got got with that one. They caught us red handed trying to trash that one. So anything, any other advice um, on moving? No, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, the less you have, the less you have to move and moving is awful. If, I mean, people know it's just, just get rid of it's stuff. just bad. Get rid of stuff and get the little movers that you can put underneath your furniture. So it slides across the floor. Once you get it here, yeah. I'll also say, and not everyone would like this process, but it worked really well for me because I don't like clutter. It got like any sort of clutter. I don't care if my house is clean. I cannot handle if my house is cluttered. It gives me anxiety. Like you would not believe. And so I unpacked each room as we got it over here. So while the guys were like bringing stuff over and my mom was here with us too, she hugely helped me because she was unpacking stuff as it got here 
So that way we weren't just stuck at a house full of boxes. Cause I can't, I just, for me personally, couldn't handle it. And I wanted the kids to feel settled really quickly. So I made sure to set up their rooms as soon as we got the stuff over here. Yeah. I think that's important. I mean, our situation was a little bit different. It was across the street. We kind of had time to do it maybe more so than some people, but, um, I think, you know, moving is exhausting. And so taking the extra time after you're already exhausted, I mean, you're going to be exhausted anyways, take the extra time and at least unpack some stuff or situate some stuff. You're just going to feel so don't much Don't waste better. your momentum. Yeah. Don't waste your that's momentum. Right. Once you're up and going, just keep going. Yeah. We, what do you think we did? We did from morning, probably like eight thirty to 9 AM to night to about 7 PM, yeah. seven thirty yeah. PM for two days. Yeah. And our house was pretty settled. It, yeah. It's pretty good. I mean, we still know. have stuff, obviously, like we said, we need to hang up. I mean, I'm looking at one empty box that I need to break down, but Overall, we need furniture because right. we just obviously we're moving into a bigger house, mm-hmm. so we need a couple pieces of furniture. But overall, we're pretty settled. Yeah, and I think that's best for our family, even to feel like yeah, it's home. And I think it helped the kids transition. Yeah, as I, well. I think so. The, the kids' rooms were the first things, and you you did this. The kids' rooms were the first things that you made sure were set up, ready to go. Um, and I think that did make it a lot easier on them. Definitely. What would you have done differently moving? Um, well, like I said, I'm, I mean, we had a unique situation just going across the street, but if we had moved further, I think I would have tried to figure out how to hire somebody. I, I really think that's the I, way to go. It is it, like you said, if we had moved further, I think we would have absolutely hired someone to go in and pack it up. If and you can do that, I think that's. I had a friend and he said the greatest gift I think we've ever been giving is when my wife's parents bought paid for a moving company to come yeah. and move us. It was the greatest gift uh, I've ever I received. I 100% believe yep. it. Yep. Um, any guidelines, rules, thoughts for anyone who's just beginning this process or about to begin the process soon? I think you, you said it earlier. Um, make sure you talk about and say what you're deal breakers are or what you're looking for. And I think it's really important if we had to go back and do it again, I think maybe writing them down. Um, cause then there's no confusion. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes, you know, don't lock I, me in. I don't like uh, that commitment of writing it down. <laughs> I know that that's the very reason you said it is you want me to commit. Well, I, the, I know there's sometimes that I would say something and say, Oh, wouldn't it be cool if this was a thing? I don't know what it would be. And you would say, yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking, yeah, that's what we're doing. And really you just, Chances kind of are good I didn't really hear what you said. Trying not to listen And I to was me. trying to listen to like my favorite song on the radio. He has yeah. this thing that he does where we're in the car and my favorite, one of my favorite songs will come on or a song that I just really need to get after. Like I need, I need to sing this song and he will, no joke, I will say I love this song and I will turn it up and about 15 seconds in, he will turn it down to make a statement or ask me a question. I'll never forget on the interstate one day. We, I was singing the song and I was, guys, I sounded so good. I mean, I was getting it and it sounded great. And all she's of, a really good singer. <laughs> all of a sudden, he turned it down to say, he turned it down and said, you know, I don't really like biscuits. <laughs> when these songs come on, it, it makes you think you know, more deeply about things. And I just felt like I needed to and share I said, that Ryan, with you. I love this song. Like, why can't we just listen to music? And he, and he said, I like the melody of conversation. <laughs> That's true. It's true. I mean, I, I can't say any more so than all that. that to say a lot of times on the home stuff, I probably was not fully listening. If you said it in the car at any given point, well, I just, 
I, I probably was not. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> don't act surprised by this. You're fully aware. So, okay. I asked a friend of mine who is a realtor. Like I said, we know multiple ones that are so good, but her name's Morgan. And I said, Hey, I just have some questions. We're trying to put this podcast together. Can you help us a little bit? And so here are just some tips and tricks that she gave us that you need to keep in mind um, when you're going to buy a home. And Ryan, you can comment on any of these as you feel led to by the spirit. Will do. Okay. (laughs) So tips for first time home buyers, make sure you get pre-qualified with a really great lender. Amen. Yep. Your realtor can help you figure out who, what lender is going to be right for you. But like Ryan said earlier, find a few um, and then compare their fees and compare their, their rates. Um, She also said, find a strong buyer's agent to represent you. So we had this, it's someone who no matter what is going to fight the battles that you don't even know how to fight. Like they know what's important to you. They know what's important for your family and for your future because you've had those conversations and they're going to fight to make sure you get that. Um, This was huge because I didn't do this going into buying houses. Look at what can't be changed quickly or easily. For example, location, your surroundings, the structure of the house. Those are things that you probably cannot change. I mean, if I have to hear the phrase load bearing wall, how many times did I ask the question, is that a load bearing wall? Because I wanted to Joanna Gaines every single wall I saw, I'd be like, take it out, take it out, take it out every time. (laughs) It's very true. (laughs) So there are some things that you need to ask questions about before you commit to the house. Don't just think, oh, we can do this, this, and this. Like we said, it's always harder and takes way longer than you ever think it's going to. But like paint, that can be changed very yeah. easily. I yeah. mean, those are things that don't, I'm very hard. I'm very, very bad at visualizing what something can be. So a lot of times I had to bring someone along who can see it and be like, no, this would be great. You could do this, this, and this. Yeah. Um, um, and if it's your first home, focus on the first three to five years. Cause you're most likely move again within 10 years. So like we said, what are the next three to five years going to look like? Cause chances are good. You'll move within that window of time. So yep. make sure the house fits that time of your life. Um, okay. I asked her, how do you know if it's the right time to buy? She said, it's always a good time to buy spoken like a true realtor. Yeah. Am I right? Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> she said, especially if you are qualified, it can get a good rate. Don't waste it. Um, if you have the ability to buy. So things to ask. I said, what are things you should ask about when you're looking at a house? She said, ask about comparable sales. So that just means what are other houses in the neighborhood going for? Cause right. that will give you an idea of if it's fairly priced. Um, Uh, And your realtor can do that easily for you. Also ask about extra fees, such as a homeowner's association, taxes. Are there any leased items? Like what are you going to have to pay for that might surprise you on top of actually purchasing the house? Um, And then ask about inspection costs. An inspector inspector doesn't just come. Someone has to pay for this inspector to come. Mm -hmm. And it's usually not like super, super cheap. So just work it into your budget because you're going to have to pay for it eventually. Rarely will someone buy a house without an inspection. It's pretty much a requirement. Yep. Um, I also said, uh, what are the fees that could surprise you if you've never been through the closing process? So who pays for what generally? This is probably one of the biggest pieces of no one told me when it comes to home buying stuff is the fees associated with closing. So you have closing costs, you have the number of papers you have to sign. I'm not kidding. You will sit down and there is a stack of papers. Your wrist will start to hurt. Because you have to sign or initial so many papers. So just know that going into it. Um, She said fees that can be a surprise to a first time buyer if they have never been through the closing process include appraisal and title insurance. So make sure you talk to your lender and your title company and your realtor about these fees and make sure to ask a lot of questions about them. 
So closing costs, like who pays for what is a big question, but it's all negotiable. So it's never set in stone who's going to pay for what. So buyers should plan to pay their own closing costs just to be well prepared. So if you're going to buy a house, know, hey, I might have to buy, I have need to incorporate closing costs, which are usually what, Ryan? Is there like a ballpark on those that you can think of? I don't really know. Because it was different for us, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. And it's different depending on the lender you go with, depending on, you know, what all they have to do, depending on if you are taking out a mortgage or paying cash. I mean, it's just all variable. But a lot of buyers will ask the seller to pay closing costs or even vice versa. So that is all negotiable, especially the closing costs. Like, we did it differently with every single one of them. Like, Mm -hmm. at one point, we split them 50-50. At another point, the buyer, as a part of her deal said, I will pay this much of closing costs yeah. as a part of her deal. So again, your realtor will help you navigate it, but no, it is an additional cost on top of yeah. actually purchasing the house. Yeah. yeah. Anything? I'll, I'll just add to that. Um, she said, you know, focus on things that you can't change easily. Um, a couple of those would be major appliances. I think that's sometimes something that people don't realize. Um, like HVAC units, and, and your realtor will help you with these, but HVAC heating and air unit. Um, those are very expensive. Um, and so the last thing you want to do is buy this house, you know, at the top of your budget, you have a budget for a reason. Um, and then that goes out within the first year and you're stuck. So, um, just pay attention to not only the things that you can't change usually, but things that are expensive to change and what kind of shape are those in as well. That's good stuff. Listen, I didn't think we'd be able to talk this long on this whole process. Did you? There's plenty to talk about in this process. I just wasn't, uh, that's again, probably because I wasn't involved in any of the intricacies of what this was going to be like. So I blame myself for that. (laughs) All right. What is one thing, Ryan, that you're so happy someone told you about? Oh man. Um, so recently I've gotten into disc golf. Help us all. Yeah. It's it's great. What's another addition to hobby town. We've got it. It is. It's true. We've got it. What are they called? A goal, a cage basket a basket why can't i remember basket i don't know i don't know but (laughs) for his birthday i took him to play disc golf yeah um just a little ways probably about 45 minutes away and you had a great time it was the best time yeah we did two different courses it's really not bad like i don't have any desire to play it whatsoever because i don't like that you cannot control where those discs go oh you can it makes me no you can't I don't believe anybody. Let me can. tell you about the different Stop. flight patterns. Stop. No, we're gonna, <laughs> different flight patterns. <laughs> it is his new favorite thing. He's super into it. If your husbands are also into disc golf, Ryan's always looking for someone to play with. It's true. Every day of the week. Yeah. I mean, the amount yeah. of times he calls me while it works. So, uh, you think I can go and, you know, just play around real quick or. But the rounds are free. At least it's faster. It is free. It's, free. it's the cheapest hobby you have had thus far in our marriage. So. Yeah. I'm okay with it. You can you can get started with a ten dollar disc. What a deal, man! What a deal. I know there's so many listeners. You really are reading the room with the man. disc golf tips. Yeah. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> All right. If you need any help on the home buying process, the home selling process, like I said, we have great friends um, who would love to come alongside you and help you with that. Otherwise, happy hunting. Whoa. See what I did there? That was cool. Yeah, I should have just cut it off there. We'll see you next week. I love ending every episode telling you how thankful I am for you, that you would take your time to listen to what we're trying to do here. So if you loved it, or even if you have feedback, I want to hear about it. 
You can either hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review or you can just DM me on social media. Usually I'm on Instagram the most. It's at C-E-Holla. And again, I love hearing from you guys. So make sure you either write a review or send me a DM, which always seems a little bit desperate asking for it. But here I am asking anyways. Thanks again for tuning in.